Hello to all you doinks out there, and welcome back to the third episode of Doinked, where yes. me and Josh talk all things in the wacky world of sports. Sports. So, this is a big episode. Uh, because we we've missed a lot. Yeah, we've missed quite a bit because, unfortunately... Schedules haven't worked out. Yes, but now we have... We have determined out, the schedules. Determined the schedule. You will be getting us twice a week on Doinked here. Yeah, you will we'll be getting us Wednesdays. You'll be getting us Fridays. Yes. So so that'll give us every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Hopefully you guys don't get sick of us quick. No, no, because there's going to be a lot coming out of uh, these windpipes over here. Because, oh, yeah. Man, over these last few weeks, the last time we all talked was... Um, Pre-XFL. Pre-XFL. Um, Pre-NBA and NHL. All-star breaks. Um, pre NASCAR start to the season, pre spring training, pre spring training, and um, the build up for Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury well, just is started. now at a fever pitch. Yeah. So now that we've basically said everything that we're going to be talking about in this show, let's get started. Exactly. So we're going to start right at the top with the XFL. Obviously, we talk on the Doink and Doink Connection about everything in the world of professional wrestling. XFL is the Vince it's the, McMahon it's the child of Vince McMahon to the NFL. I wouldn't even call it an answer. I would call it the answer to the football hangover after the Super Bowl. Okay. Yep. You deserve the uh, champa right there. Because everyone after the Super Bowl are dying for more football. Yes, they are. And here is the XFL, which is regular football changed up a little bit to make it interesting. So here's the thing. Is the first time the XFL came in, there was slight issues with the product. Slight? Yes. No coin flip, so people were wrestling for a ball to see who gained possession. There was problems with it. But the NFL took a lot of stuff. He hate me. Well, yeah, he hate me. Rod Smart, he, he ended up being in the NFL with yeah. the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. But the NFL took a lot of the um, presentation elements from the XFL in its original form and used it in, yeah. the, in the NFL. So guys holding cameras and going onto the field, the whole sky cam thing, yeah. a bunch of different things like that that the NFL kind of took from the XFL's first rendition. This second rendition of the XFL is a very, very, very clean game. I have watched some games. Now, there is one team in particular who is hot garbage. And I had somebody reach out to me on Instagram. They're actually a Tampa Bay Vipers fan who... I don't know how anybody could be a Tampa Bay Vipers fan. Hey, listen, fan. I, I believe he's if from it's, the if area. If it's their team in the area, I get it. Yeah, kind of like we don't have a team up here in the Northeast the, outside of the Guardians. Our closest team is the Guardians. And, I mean, I'm not going to root for anything out of New York. It's just, it's in my blood, being from Boston. I, I can't root for the Yankees. I can't root for the Mets. I can't root for the Knicks. I can't root for the Rangers. I'm not going to root for the Guardians. You can't root for the Giants? Nope, can't root for the Giants. So I'm not going to root for the Guardians. So I'm kind of looking down this list, and just to be the jerk, I'm just going to go with the Seattle Dragons, just because they're on the absolute opposite coast. And I I like the city of Seattle. Gave yeah. us Kurt Cobain. You know what I mean? Nirvana. Yeah. Grunge music. Yeah. What's wrong with Seattle? Starbucks. I was going to say, Starbucks is so, great. So, I mean, that's kind of the stuff that you have to... Uh, now, you have to appreciate, so they're giving us the dragons. I appreciate I'm that. gonna call myself a little bit of a a sacrilegious fan. Okay. Because as a Philadelphia Eagles fan, for me to positively root for a team coming out of MetLife 
is sacrilegious. Uh, yeah. But it's what I've been doing. I've been rooting for the New York Guardians. So, I mean, right now the Guardians stand third in the East. And it's very interesting how these divisions it's are actually broken up. They they blew out of the water their first game. They won like 23-3. to three, yep. And then they were shut out their second game. Hey, listen... It, the XFL has a quarterback issue right now, and we're not going to get too deep into this. There's like two or three standout quarterbacks. We'll get more into that when we have an episode where we'll have more time to just run down the XFL. Yes. So that'll be our Wednesday episode. Yeah. We'll be able to just run down everything over the weekend from the XFL, highlight players, highlight coaches, and stuff like that. I am going to highlight one coach today, though, okay? And okay. when we get to that team, I'm going to talk about them. Okay. But in the, I like the way that this is all broken down. It's eight teams, two divisions. Yeah, four in the east, four in the west. Um, I believe it's f- four teams make the playoffs. If I believe how it works. Yeah, it's east one, east two, west one, west two, yep. and the winner of those play the championship. Correct. So, um, <laughs> I I like the way that's all set up. Um, DC Defenders. Uh, actually, if you go through the power rankings, are like the hottest team. team are the hottest team right now in the XFL. And the second is the Houston Roughnecks, correct? Which is because the number one in the West because they're number one in the West. They're both yeah. undefeated teams. Um, so DC Defenders are two and zero. St. Louis Ballhawks are one and one. The Guardians are one and one, and our Tampa Bay Vipers. Okay, so this is the team that I'm going to highlight tonight, just because of the contact I've made with somebody about being a Viper fan. I feel your pain. Just so you know, my friend, I feel your pain. Your head coach, Mark Trussman, is heart garbage, okay? He took a Chicago Bears team that was one win away from being in the playoffs with Lovey Smith and went from a over 500 team to an 8-8 eight and eight team that collapsed at the end of a season to a 5-11 and 11 team to being fired in the middle of his third season. Mark Trussman sucks, okay? He's supposed to be this offensive guru who can do anything on the offensive ball. He had, with the Chicago Bears, he had Matt Forte, he had Alshon Jeffrey, he had uh, Greg Olson, and he had um, Brandon Marshall with Jay Cutler at quarterback. Um, hello? Like, that's what you dream of having yeah. On your offense. Yeah. All these Martellus Bennett was another tight end that they had. All these tall guys to throw the ball to. And somehow he couldn't get above an eight hundred record. And he turned the Chicago Bears into one of the worst defensive teams. To an eight hundred record? You mean a five hundred record? Five hundred record, an eight and eight record. Like he turned the Chicago Bears into a piss poor defensive a laughing team. Stock. A laughing stock. And you know how much of a laughing stock he is right now in the XFL? His team has scored one touchdown. One one touchdown in two games. He's going to be the first coach fired in the XFL because he is garbage. My Actually, um, I believe, I can't remember exactly what team, but one of the teams already released their offensive coordinator. I'm pretty sure. I think it was that. the Wildcats. Wildcats? What? I'm almost certain it was the Wildcats. Okay. Have uh, parted ways with their offensive coordinator. Well, all I can tell you, okay, is Trustman will be the first head coach fired because he is garbage. And you Tampa Bay Vipers fans should be holding up signs at every game saying, fire Mark Trestman, because he sucks. He sucks as a head coach. You can give him all the offensive talent in the world, and he'll find a way to screw it up. Yeah. Um, it was Los Angeles Wildcats defensive coordinator Pepper Johnson was fired after game one. Wow. Well, we'll get to the West now because Former you have Patriots the- assistant coach. <laughs> you have the Houston Roughnecks, like we were saying, a 2-0. Seattle Dragons, the team I'm rooting for just because of the fact they're in Seattle. One and one. One and one. 
the Dallas Renegades, who are one and one, and the LA Wildcats, who are zero and two. You know, going into the XFL season, everyone thought, "Oh my God, the Dallas Renegades are going to be like the Cowboys of this of this league." Well, looks like they are because they're one and one, and they're going to end the season five and five. Yeah, yeah, at most. Yeah, they'll they'll they they will. They have get five, so much hype behind yep. them. And they're just going to flop. Well, because just that, like the Cowboys, they're have in them. that market. That's why. Yes, I mean it's a huge market. So, and then you get the Houston Roughnecks, who are in the same city as the Houston Texans. Yep, Houston's the better Texas city. Yeah, it is. Let's be real. Yep, just be honest with it, guys. Just be honest. Now, there are two things I really want to bring up about this XFL right now that I I am truly enjoying. Mm-hmm. I love the kickoff formation. Yes, I love it. The the, the five yard line apart. Five yard lines apart, and they're not getting heads of steam to crash into each other. Mm-hmm. You just have that five yards after the guy touches the ball, and that's when you can stop moving. I love that rule. I know the NFL experimented at the Pro Bowl with a little bit different rules when it comes to kickoffs and um, uh, post-touchdown stuff, like taking a, a fourth in like 30 or something like that and your own end versus kicking it off and then if you if you don't if you want to just give the ball to the other team they automatically get the ball at the 25 yard line. I know a lot of the safety, you know, player safety stuff, but this is a great way to keep kickoffs relevant in your sport. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, if the NFL goes the other way, you could really see a turn of fans being very upset about it cuz some of the most exciting plays that happen in all of professional sports are, kickoffs. are the kickoff returns. Yeah. If you do something like this that keeps the player safe, I'm all for it. I really am. And then the other thing I like is no kicking extra points. Yeah. It's the one, two, or three. Yes. Now, there's a couple things that you didn't mention that I really like. Okay. It is live play calling. Yes. You can hear the quarterback, the head coach, the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, the guys up in the box and everything. Reviews of plays, you hear them live. Yes, yes. Live interviews at the sidelines. Yep. Post-play. Mid play, all of that again. This is one of those aesthetics that you may see the NFL taking and yeah. using. And there was one more thing that I wanted to mention that I can't quite remember. Oh, it was the kickoff rule. So you know how that if if the kickoff doesn't make it past the twenty and lands before the twenty yard line, it's considered a short kick, and it's automatically placed at your. 45 yard line or the opponent 45 yard line. Yeah. So you only have 45 yards to march down. Yeah. I like that because it's like because they don't have to worry about people running into the kicker and such like that, that actually gives them an opportunity to get the ball all the way down the field. Yes. Yes. And if they can't perform that kickoff properly, then obviously they should put them at the 45 yard line because you can't put them into the right position yourselves. Mm hmm. So you shouldn't deserve to have good field position. No, I, I truly, I truly, uh, I, I, I am enjoying this rendition of the XFL. I, 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 I believe they've done the right thing by having um, Andrew Luck's father kind of run the league. Yeah. Um, I think it's a very smart move. And I cannot wait to see um, what they're able to do coming out of this first season. Because the last time, the first season, it just collapsed. Yeah. This seems to be getting some steam behind it. You're not seeing very empty stadiums. You're seeing um, they, they, they are selling out, and I know that's whole the whole StubHub thing where StubHub buys a lot of the tickets and stuff like that. But you're not seeing empty seats in this. You're not seeing mass yeah. mass areas of empty seats. You're actually seeing bodies at these games. Yeah. Fun fact. Did you know that the D.C. Defenders, and we're only through two games, 
are the only team to score at least one on offense, defense, and I believe special teams. Yeah, I think they had a kickoff return or a punt return or something they had a like punt, that. I, th- I think they had a punt return, and then they also had a block punt. Yeah, and then they I, and then I think they had the interception return the other day, yep. like a sixty-three yard or something. Yeah, like they had a pick that. six yeah. and so, something else. So it, it, I'm very interested in this league. I'm going to stop following it closely because I'm following it closely. You doinks out there are going to get my opinions on it. Oh, and you're going to get my opinions on it as well. I'm following it yes. very closely. Um, now we're going to get into the NFL, and today we record this on a th- on a on a Thursday. Thursday. So today it came down that the new collective bargaining agreement, the CBA for 2020 is going to go into effect for the NFL's regular season and playoffs. And there's big changes. Yeah. 17-game regular season Yep. Okay. versus a 16-game uh, regular season, which means the preseason is now only three games long. Yep. And in the playoffs, only one team gets a bye now. Yeah, there's seven playoff teams. Yes. That means there's four wildcard games rather than two, which means you could get a fifth, sixth, and seventh seed Knocking out your leaders. Yeah, your two, three, and four. Of your two, three, and four. Yep. That's huge. It, uh, I, I'm very... I am 100% behind this. I love it. I, I, I absolutely love it. I love every and aspect of it. Six, I, six games on Wildcard Weekend, which will be amazing because Wildcard Weekend's awesome. I love Wildcard yeah. Weekend because anything can happen on Wildcard Weekend. And because only, only one seeded team, only one non-Wildcard team made it through the play, uh, through the Wildcard Weekend this weekend. Yeah. This year. Yeah. That's why wildcard weekend is so much fun because you don't know what you're going to get because a team that gets some wildcard like let's just let's just use a team like um Tennessee Titans Tennessee Titans perfect example right six seed in the AFC couldn't win their division no one no one thought that they were going to do anything and they made it to the freaking AFC championship game yep. and were one bad half away from actually being in the Super Bowl. Yeah. The second half of that game was where it all fell apart. The wheels came off of their running back. They decided to stop giving Henry the ball yeah. and put the game in Tannehill's arm, and that was the mistake. Yeah. Um, other news coming out of the NFL. Um, two big marquee players in the NFC North. Now, again, I'm placating myself here because I'm a Chicago Bears fan, but the Detroit Lions are right now trying to shop Darius Slay, who's one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL right now. Um, there are a couple of suitors for him. They're talking that he may go to Tampa Bay. Um, uh, there was a couple of other teams I saw that were kind of like on the radar for him. And then Everson Griffin, stud, 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 stud defensive end for the Minnesota Vikings, opted out of his contract. Wow. So now he is an unrestricted free agent in the 2020 class. That Damn. is going to be extremely interesting because Minnesota's defense cannot afford to lose his presence. He is a true defensive end in a 4-3 scheme that can rush the passer and stop the run and keep the corner. It's it's big, very big for the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. One more thing about the NFL. Yep. There's been a pardon for Miles Garrett. Yes, that's right. He, he is now eligible to play again. Yes, he has been reinstated. You are correct. I didn't bring that up. Yeah. Um. I mean, I. That was a very ugly situation that happened. Um. He's trying to come out saying that. Um. Mason Rudolph, I guess, used a racial slur or something like that. It. it it's. Gonna I don't. Turn con- ugly. I don't condone condone it. Either no. way, I don't condone racially slurring somebody, and I don't condone using a weapon on somebody. On the field of play, you know, what I mean, there's, there's 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 issues with this. Yeah. From all accounts, to everybody on the field, Rudolph didn't. Yeah. Do any of that. This is just Garrett. This is Garrett being Garrett. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Again, those teams play each other twice a year. 
Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we will. I cannot wait. For sure. NBA. NBA. So uh, last time we talked, um, obviously there was the tragic passing of Kobe yep. and um, everybody on board the helicopter that day. Um, so the NBA All-Star Game was a huge... Um, the MVP award was renamed the Kobe, Kobe Bryant's award. Uh, um, the teams wore Gianna's number two, I believe is her number. And then they wore Kobe's 24 to signify the East and the West. Yeah. So very big, you know... Um, Ways for the NBA to remember a fallen legend. Yeah, Team um, Giannis versus Team LeBron. Yep, yep. I'm trying um, to remember who won the MVP. It, it doesn't matter who won the MVP, and it really doesn't matter who won the game. It's just an all-star game. They don't really take these things seriously. They end up no. turning into glorified dunk contests and stuff like that. Yeah. Which, th- that's the highlight to me. Oh, yeah. The all-star weekend is a dunk contest, personally. Yeah. I love it. I, I And, like, for the NHL, all, the, all-star for me is the shootouts. Yeah, the shootouts, the skills competitions. Yeah. It's, it's so much fun. Um, But... One thing I can say about this whole thing is the the passing of Kobe has actually kind of like reached other areas. I never I never really thought it would. Um, we talked about NXT Portland, and we didn't even bring up on the Dunkin' Dunk connection. Dijak was wearing a Kobe Gia, uh, Gianna, not Ve- Gianna, uh, Gigi. Yeah, vest. Vest, yeah. Yeah, with and he's from Massachusetts. He's yeah. from Worcester, Massachusetts. So yeah. this, and and the Celtics and Lakers are huge rivals. Yes, I mean we don't have to tell any of you guys out there that. I mean anybody who knows basketball knows that it's probably the marquee rivalry. That's of the that's NBA. the Red Sox Yankees of the uh, of the NBA. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So, um, like I said, far-reaching ramifications about everything that happened. NBA All Star break was really nice. Um, we're getting into the second half of the season. Kind of a quick rundown. We're going to just look over the top eight teams okay. of each conference. So the Milwaukee Bucks are sitting at number one. They don't even have 10 losses yet. They're 46 and eight. Toronto Raptors are number two at 40 and 15. Boston Celtics sitting at 38 and 16. The Miami Heat are 35 and 19. The 76ers are 34 and 21. The Pacers are 32 and 23. And then you get to like this hot garbage territory in which the Brooklyn Nets are 25 and 28 and the Orlando Magic are 24 and 31, under 500 teams right now who are playoff bound if the season were to end today. Now, this bodes extremely well for the Celtics right now Mm -hmm. if the season were to end because they wouldn't have to face the Milwaukee Bucks until the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. I mean, the Bucks. Are, I think are going to steamroll everybody in the East. Personally, Bucks, Giannis and it's in my opinion, is unbelievable. Bucks are going to win this year. Nope. No, Lakers are. It's an an LA team is going to win. Yeah. It all depends on if it's the Clippers, the Clippers or the Lakers. Um, but I can't believe the bottom half of this Brooklyn and Orlando can't even get the five hundred, but somehow they're going to make the playoffs. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and and the bottom team, the bottom team of the East, are the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you lose LeBron, man. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's how that's how important LeBron James is to a to a franchise to an organization. I mean, just I mean, look at Golden of LeBron, State. I mean, just look at Golden State. We'll go to the before we start talking about the West. Look at Golden State and all the injuries they're dealing with. Yeah, Steph's hurt. Twelve and forty three. Yeah, that that's crazy. The team that was NBA title left, NBA title left, the finals title. It, that's like like we said before with NBA, it's a player's game. It is, it and is. without your star player. Steph Curry, you are or Clay hot Thompson. garbage. Yeah. Losing losing the Splash Brothers? Yeah, you are hot garbage. Correct. So, going over the West, uh, you have the Lakers at 41-12, and 12, 
the Denver Nuggets, who are 38 and 17, the LA Clippers at 37 and 18, the Utah Jazz at 36 and 18, Houston Rockets 34 and 20, Oklahoma City Thunder at 33 and 22, the Dallas Mavericks tied with 33 and 22, and then the Memphis Grizzlies at 28 and 26. So every team in the playoffs right now is over 500. Kind From the of the West, way, at least. At the kind of the way it should be. Yeah. Teams who go under 500 shouldn't make the playoffs. But, I mean, you have those miracle runs like the Seattle Seahawks had when they finished, they won their division at 7-9 and nine and ended up knocking somebody out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, again, wildcard weekend. You yeah. never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um. So that kind of wraps up the NBA right now. As it stands, as I'm looking at it, I really think that the title is going to go go through the West. I just, I really do. I, yeah, the Lakers are one of the best defensive metrics teams in the NBA. If, right if now. it's the, Le- uh, it could be the Lakers, the Nuggets, or the Clippers. One yeah. of those three teams will run away with that. Yeah, I think so. I think I, I can agree with that. The yeah. East, the East is going to go through. Um, it's going to go through Boston, or it's going to go through. Um, Milwaukee, Milwaukee. Yeah, one of those two. But I, I, if Milwaukee gets home field advantage, a uh, home court advantage, which it looks like they're going to, so they don't even yeah. have ten losses yet. Yeah, I have a funny feeling. And if Boston keeps getting hurt like we normally do. Oh well, right now they've been relatively healthy. I mean, Hayward got hurt again. I know, but that's just his mo ever since he had that awful injury a couple of years ago. Yeah. Speaking of injuries, hey, everyone, everyone's uh, favorite Kyrie Irving. Yeah, he's hurt again. Yeah, having a second opinion on his Isn't shoulder. He with the, he's the with the Nets. Yep. Where are they sitting? Uh, they are actually in the playoffs. As we are speaking, they're seven, but they're uh, they're oh, okay. seven seed, but they're under five hundred. Twenty-five and twenty-eight. Yeah, lit. Awesome. So uh, on to the NHL National Hockey League again. Haven't talked since the All Star break. Um, lot going on. Connor McDavid is hurt. Um, yeah, that that's your that was your MVP front runner. Mm-hmm. He's good. I think he's missing three weeks, dude. That is a lot of time. That basically now opens up the MVP. That's what, 12 games at least? At least 12 games. That opens up the MVP discussion to so many people. Yeah. I mean, for me, Nate McKinnon. For us, David Pasternak. You know what I mean? This opens it up so much. Now, when McDavid comes back and he catches fire, people are going to forget about these games he missed. Yeah. But this is big because... McKinnon continues to be on a tear. Pasternak continues to be on a tear. And I mean, we're only talking about players on our teams. And I'm sure there's players on your teams, guys, out there that you want to discuss. Just hit us up about it in the comments. comments. Tell yeah. us about what player you think on a team that you follow is an MVP candidate. So we're going to quickly run through the NHL standings again. Um, right now, as it stands, if the season were to end today, you will have the St. Louis Blues, the Dallas Stars, and the Colorado Avalanche coming out of the Central Division. Out of the Pacific Division, you'll have the Edmonton Oilers, the Vancouver Canucks, and the Vegas Golden Knights. And your two wildcard teams in the West would be the Calgary Flames and the Arizona Coyotes. Coyotes, yeah. Oof. Lots of good lots of good teams. Everything is so close right now within the West. Top team in the West has 76 points, which is St. Louis, and they're tied with Dallas for 76 points. And one point behind them is the Colorado Avalanche, who actually are outpacing both of them because they've scored a Goal differential of plus 44. That's ridiculous, yeah. man. Yeah, is. That is huge. But when you come to the East, it gets even more crazy because you got a team in the Boston Celtics who write uh, the Boston, Boston Bruins. Celtics. Boston, Boston Bruins. Bruins. Sorry. The Bruins in their spoke to be. Um, they're right now sitting at top of the division with 88 points. You got the Lightning with 85 points. Now you want to talk about goal differentials. Yeah. 54 <laughs> and 56. Yeah. Yeah. With those two teams. Yeah. It, it's incredible. It's incredible. Albeit. A lot of Boston scoring is on the power play. 
Oh, yeah. Not on the five-on-five. Five. No. They're doing a lot of their but damage. But we are also doing a lot of shorthanding as well. Yes and no, but then you're also giving up a ton on the power play. And then anytime you go into overtime... We you, lose. You guys are losing but, I mean, because recently, you can't play 4-on-4. Four four. Recently, we can win 4-on-4. Four four, okay. Because I think we've won two out of the last four on 4-on-4. Four four. Well... Don't pl- don't tempt overtime, okay? You, you, track record this year hasn't been too well for you guys. You have twelve mm, overtime losses. Listen, you have more overtime losses than the other two teams in the Atlantic who are right behind you combined. Um, and then we didn't speak about them, but the Florida Panthers are sitting with seventy points. Then in the Metropolitan, you have the Pittsburgh Penguins at eighty, the Washington Capitals at seventy nine, and the Philadelphia Flyers at seventy three. And your two wild card teams are the Carolina Hurricanes with seventy two points and the New York Islanders with seventy two points. Which I'm going to announce this on here. I'm going to be going to the Boston Bruins Carolina Hurricanes game. That's going to be a good game. That's going to be a really good it game. Is. That is the last home game of the season for the Do Bruins. Do you remember um, where Do the Carolina remember? where the Carolina Hurricanes got moved from in order to become the Carolina Hurricanes? No. Hartford, Connecticut. They were the Hotford Whalers. Oh, they were. Ron Francis. They were the Whalers. Yes, and that was a huge rivalry for a very long time because it was two teams in the New England market at the same time. Yeah. They were the Hotford Whalers. that doesn't happen. Nope. You don't see that. Not in this market. No. New York? Yes. LA? Yes. Yeah. Texas? Yes. Florida? Florida? Yeah. Yes. Not, not, not New England. Not New England. New England is basically five states who... I just smashed together. It's Massachusetts and everybody else. Kinda, kinda. It's six states technically: Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Mass, Connecticut, Rhode Island. Yeah, six states. But the thing is, is like Rhode Island's. Rhode Island really... is Connecticut's nipple. Yeah, pretty essentially. much. Essentially, yeah. Um. So standings are what they are in the NHL right now. Uh, season is still technically young, so we'll see where this is going to go yeah. in a couple of There's weeks. There's another, I think, another two months or so. Yep. Before we even start talking, you know, playoffs. Once the playoffs start, yeah, um, there are things to watch out for for both of our teams. Yep. Um, Avalanche are actually dealing with some injuries right now. We'll see what happens. Grubauer was hurt. They're starting goaltender. You know how they're going to do with a backup being in net these next couple of weeks. I don't know. I but think as we're long also, as they keep scoring, even the, though even though we're this far into the season, I know that's still technically young. We're this far into the season, and we're still doing our goalie flip. But I think the reason we are is because we're trying to figure out. Who's going to be our main goalie going to the playoffs? Because where we're sitting right now, playoffs are pretty much guaranteed for us. There's no reason you should miss the playoffs. If, if the Bruins miss the playoffs, it's, it's some, because everything fell apart. Yeah, basically. Like, the team didn't show up to games. And yeah. They had the forfeit games. There's yeah. no way that the Bruins should miss the playoffs. So, yeah, we're still doing the goalie flip between Rask and Halak to see who's going to be our lead going it's into it. It's still going to be Rask. It's still going to be Rask. Two years from now, I don't know about that. Well... Who knows if Halak's the guy in two years? Yeah. They, they, they need youth. Yeah. They need youth in the goaltending position right now. And they need to identify that youth. For Colorado, their window is is opened right now. They need to take advantage of this window with the players and the talent that they have. Their one weakness is that damn position of the goaltender because they can score seven goals and then give up eight. And give up eight. I just, it, it, it Boggles my mind, my friend, especially with all that offensive talent that they've got. Yeah. MLB. Spring training has begun. I am so stoked. I am the guy who will sit in front of his TV to watch a baseball game. I love 100%. baseball. I will as well. I love baseball. I will sit on a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon at like 1 o'clock with a beer in my hand and a bowl of popcorn and sit for three and a half hours 
and watch a Red Sox game. Yes. During the summer, well, where it's like... Your Red Sox games don't go three and a half hours. They go four or five hours because of all the commercial breaks and stuff like Whatever. that. It's ridiculous. See, real baseball is played in the West, okay, where we don't have commercial breaks, okay? Our, our games actually you guys fly don't, by. You guys don't sell commercials, okay? Well, we don't need to sell commercials. The talent is on the field. People want to see the talent, okay? We have to sell our damn donkeys, okay? Okay. All, our damn donkeys and our Oscar Myers. All I'm saying is I would like to put a friendly wager out there after spring training about your Boston Red Sox and my Oakland Athletics. We'll talk about this when spring training comes to an end. Okay. But with that being said, yes, being a fan of the Oakland Athletics, I am unable to watch a lot of their games. A lot yeah. of their stuff I listen to on my TuneIn app. Yep. And the games fly by, again, because it's a different market. Yeah. The stuff over here in the East, dude, Sunday Night Baseball... When it's Red Sox-Yankees, are six-hour games, they drive me nuts, but I will still sit there and I will still watch every pitch. Because it's Red Sox-Yankees. Exactly. It is the most legendary rivalry in professional sports. No. Nope. No, it's not. What is the most... Re- is that... Would you say Packers-Bears? Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a die-hard NFL guy. Packers-Bears... They started the league. They're still in it a hundred years later. And if you want to go professional sports, Man U, Man City, fair. Okay, fair. Okay, we we're in a big Portuguese market. Benfica versus Sporting. Benfica versus Port. I mean, um, come on. Um, speaking about soccer, Barca versus Real. I, dude, again, professional baseball. You have, you have Yankees, Red Sox. You have Giants, Athletics. You have. Giants, Dodgers, you have, uh, you have Cubs, anybody in California, Cubs, Cardinals. Those are those are those are rivalries, but nothing compares to Red Sox, Yankees. I'll give no. you that in baseball. As far as professional, uh, professional sports, sports, there's a lot to be discussed. That'll be a top ten. We'll do. Okay, we'll, we'll do a we'll doink do top ten sometime, and we'll do top ten rivalries in professional sports. I'm fine with that, my friend. All right, spring training. I proposed to you a question before we started about. Players to watch out for on your Boston Red Sox because I'm doing the exact same thing for my Oakland Athletics. So why don't you please tell me? I have two. Okay. I have Michael Chavis. Okay. Who was a rookie two years ago. Okay. Came off a phenomenal year last year. Probably our second best performer last year. Yep. Under um, Devers. Devers. And then Eduardo Rodriguez. He needs to step up because you guys got a big hole to fill in that yeah, we do. right now. He was a huge pitching assistant to us. Like he, w- When our pitching wouldn't perform, Erod would go out and perform. And then he got hurt. And then he got hurt. So if he can stay healthy, he could be our number two or our number three in our pitching rotation. Okay. All right. I, I, I like that because those are things that you guys – Need now you don't have oh, without a doubt you don't have a big bat in your lineup no like you had with Mookie you know what I mean I'm not saying Chavis is going to replace Mookie but Erod is huge because your pitching rotation was essentially hot garbage last year you yeah. had you had two pitchers who were taking up what 75 million dollars in payroll mm-hmm. and neither of them got over 15 wins last year and one of them we sent away yeah and one of them's not even with the roster anymore yeah. all right so for me for Oakland I'm going to name two players who are already staples in Oakland. That is Matt Chapman yep. and Matt Olson. Yep. Your hot corners, the guys you are building your franchise around, please resign these guys. Don't let what happened to Giambi 
and to Tejada and all these other guys who left in the early 2000s. Please keep these guys here because they are the foundation, the foundation of this team. Yeah. Matt Chapman, to me, is an MVP candidate mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. Okay? But I, I pose other questions to you, but Matt Chapman did not make my list on those other questions. I want to see these guys, along with a guy I'm going to talk about in a few minutes, in the middle of that lineup, tearing pitching apart and not needing buzzers or sign stealing to do it like another dirtbag franchise in the AL West. We'll talk about the Astros in a little bit. Okay. Um, so, I have a couple of notes that I wanted to say about the Red Sox yep. that I've uh, seen. Uh, three major names for the Red Sox left. But we also signed two major names. Okay. Mookie Price, we obviously know, went to the Dodgers. Yep, big trade. The huge trade. Big hit to us in our pitching and our bat. Yep. But to our wallets, not so much. No, no. Freeze up the space. And then a heartbreaker. Brock Holt has found his way to Milwaukee. Okay. I may be attending the Milwaukee Brewers Boston Red Sox game on my birthday, and I may wear a Brock Holt Red Sox jersey to that game. Okay. Because I love Brock Holt. Okay. And he's going to be such a good fit in Milwaukee. He is. He is. Hello, Kevin Pilar, to our outfield staff. Yep. As well as Alex Verdugo okay. on our infield staff. Yeah, uh, Verdugo came over on the trade from the yes, Dodgers, he did. if I remember correctly. Yep. Yeah. Um, from? From the Dodgers. From Verdugo. Padre. No, he came, no, from, he the came from the Dodgers. He came from the Dodgers. Um, there weren't many signings for the A's this offseason. Um, the one that everyone keeps talking about is Tony Kemp. Yep. Um, I mean, I want to see what he does. I'm not familiar with him from any of his past, you know, seasons with any other teams. <coughs> but um, I think the A's roster was was built last year to contend this year. Now I said that about my Bears during the football season. Okay. Um, but baseball is a little different. Baseball is 162 games. Yeah, things can change. Things can change throughout the course of the year. In the NFL, you have 16 games, and all it takes is one bad hiccup, which was the Oakland Raiders game. And I'm not talking about it anymore. Okay. Um, also, interim head coach. Yes, you have a new head coach too, Ron Renicky. Uh, Ron Renicky. Yeah. Um, I'll take it. Okay. Um, I'm not against it. Um, there was another name that I would have preferred, which was Jason Veritek. Yeah. But that's we'll just Ron your, That's just a fanboy. That's that's me being a Red Sox fanboy. Yeah. yeah essentially. Much. All right. So I asked you to name me a player at a position that needs to step up this year and that position, a player who needs to have a bounce-back season for the Red Sox, and then a player who you think is in contention for a major award. And by major award, Cy Young, MVP. That's it. Okay. So tell me, who is the player that needs to help strengthen a position of weakness from last season? Chris Sale. Yeah, well. Yeah. And... I'm going to I'm going to jump ahead and I'll let you do two in a row. My bounce back player is Chris Sale. Well, yeah. Because Chris Sale, the ace of the Red Sox pitching flopped last year. There's no other word to put it. He flopped. Yeah, pretty much. You're right. And as we've mentioned before, the Red Sox pitching of last season was our downfall. Mm-hmm. We were that- the 2018 World Champs. Be it there could have been some stuff going on. I don't think there was in our clubhouse. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I wasn't part of the clubhouse. I know you weren't part of the clubhouse, but come on. The mastermind behind everything was Alex Cora and Carlos Beltran. Come on. Of course something was happening. 
Who knows? Okay. Everything's been falling out with <laughs> yeah. the Astros. Yeah. Nothing has fallen out with the Red Sox so far. Not yet. Just wait. That's why I said so far. Yeah. Fight me. Um. We, our pitching needs to step the f up. Well, yeah, because that's what helped carry you to the World Series title. Yes, your pitching. I mean, everyone was dogging Price. And then all of a sudden, he was everyone's hero because he car- he helped carry. He carried us through. I think it was the uh, was the, it the divisional, divisional, and and the, and the championship, and the championship round. Yeah, and he was big in the in the World Series too. For me, a position of need that needs to really bounce in a different direction for Oakland is second base. They had Jerickson profile there last year, and the guy was a dud. Franklin Barreto is now entering a season where he needs to shine. Okay? He needs to show that the second base position is his, and someone needs to take it from his cold, dead hands. Period. Franklin Barreto is my player to watch that needs to step up in a position of weakness from the previous season. Now, Chris Davis needs a bounce back. This is a guy who I believe for three consecutive years was 40 home runs and was batting 247 a year. It was the funniest thing. 24-7 was his, was his batting average for three consecutive years. Huge down year last year. His strikeouts were up, and this is after he got a contract. Yeah. He needs to step up, and he needs to be that bat that they put in between or after the two mats to protect them. Because if there's no threat behind them or in between them, they pitching staffs will pitch around Olsen, who could have had a 50 home run season last year, yeah. and Chapman. Yeah, They don't need that. They need the offense to be protected by a power bat, and that is what Mr. Chris Davis needs to do for this team. Who is a... T- a Award-winning player for the Red Sox. And what award is he in contention for? MVP. Okay. Rafael Devers. I couldn't agree with you more. I think he's your real only guy right now. Right now? Because we got rid of Mookie Betts? Yes. And I don't think you have anybody for the Cy Young, to be honest with you. There is another name that if he has a standout season, best season of his career, that could win the MVP. And that is Xander Bogarts. Okay. That is another man. But, but he's going to have to play out of his mind. Exactly. Rafael Devers at the third base position, if he keeps doing some of these web gems, these pickoffs, more stuff that he did last season, yep. but better. And if we get to get this far, if we get to the playoffs and the World Series this year, you could see him with the MVP ch- uh, trophy. Okay. For me, it's uh, Frankie Montez, um, Cy Young. MLB.com actually has him ranked as a dark horse for the Cy Young this year. Okay. They, they ranked 10 pitchers, five in the American League, five in the National League, and they had Frankie Montaz on there. Um, I love his stuff. He is a pure, just power pitcher. I believe he has two pitches, a fastball and a slider, and that's it. Yeah. And he, he just I mean, go- sometimes that's all you need. He just goes after people. He's young. I think he's 26. Guy's got fire in his arms, and they just released a video on there um, on – Facebook and Instagram and their Twitter and everything like that of batting practice, and he is just throwing darts at, at his own teammates. Like guys don't even want to swing because the ball's coming in at ninety nine miles an hour. Yeah, I'm. I, he is my dark horse. I know I mentioned Chapman before in the MVP race and stuff like that. He's my guy. He is a legitimate Cy Young contender. 
if he can get the amount of starts he needs to get in, the amount of wins he needs to get, keep his K rate up, very, very, yeah. very big. Let's get to the Astros fallout. We haven't really talked too much about it. I really haven't wanted to talk too much about it because I called them scumbags last year. I, I, I've never liked this franchise. Many players are calling for death penalties on a lot of the guys who are cheating in this. And really? Correa and Altuve did not do themselves any favors with that shitty press conference that they held right at the beginning of spring training. There's no remorse from this franchise. They don't care. The cheating started right from the top and worked its way down through the entire organization. Period. The owner saying that it was uh, it was practiced by other teams in the majors. All right, if it was practiced by other teams, there was a memo sent out saying not to do it anymore, and your team kept doing it. Simple as that. Yeah. The video evidence is damning. There's there's more than multiple signs showing that on shirts there was buzzes underneath the shirts and stuff like that. If you gave Pete Rose a death sentence, do the same thing to Jose Altuve. I don't care. I really don't. Yeah. Don't cheat. You know what I mean? There's ways to steal signs. There's there's real there's obvious gamesmanship ways to steal if signs. If someone's on second base and they've learned the signs, lead with a certain foot. Yeah. S- different hand gestures. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. Lead with a certain foot. Lead with a certain shoulder. You don't shoulder. need to be banging barrels and you don't need to be stealing video. It, it's a bad look. It's a bad look. That's just my opinion. Yeah. I'm happy that this... Give the, give the team the death penalty. Don't let them play in the playoffs this year. And... Don't let them. Don't let them contend. Just simple as that. Yeah. Hit them with as big a fine as you want. We'll see what happens with the Red Sox though, because it's still fall to come from them. Yeah. So now we're gonna step up into a very sport. Some it's, people call it's it sport. It's a you sport. It's a me sport. Um, NASCAR. So NASCAR season started, and it starts with the Super Bowl, the Daytona 500, was postponed on Sunday because of weather, and they ran it on Monday instead. Um. The big thing wasn't the outcome of this race. And unfortunately, for someone like Danny Hamlin, who's now won his second straight Daytona 500, it should have been the race. That was what we talk about. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the circumstances that led to Danny Hamlin winning the race, which is Ryan Newman was in the lead coming coming out of turn four. Down the home stretch, he um, gets bumped from behind. Um, Car spins out, hits the wall. Car gets airborne. As it's coming down, it gets hit by another car. Skids down the entire front stretch, but not on its roof. Actually on its driver's side. Newman's rushed out of the car. He's rushed to the hospital. You know, serious condition. They're all worried about him. He ends up leaving the hospital Wednesday. Good for him. Leaves with his kids. Very good moment. You know, um, I I was kind of... I didn't get this news from, like, NASCAR or anything like that. I actually got it from a group that I follow called The Dad. Um, they had a huge piece about it on there and stuff like that. And it's so ironic because you have a guy in Newman who calls out how dangerous these races are. And Mm -hmm. he's the one who probably takes one of the worst crashes I've ever seen. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't it also on the anniversary of Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s passing so because of the Daytona 500 crash that just, he was involved with? I think a day before. Yeah. day before. 19 years ago. Now, I don't want to sound morbid. I, I, I don't like being that person. Had Dale Earnhardt not died at Daytona, we'd be talking about several fatalities on the NASCAR track. His death instituted safety barriers around the track. The, the head... Head and neck restraint system, Hans device. 
Okay. Yeah. If it wasn't for what happened to Dale Earnhardt, Jeff Gordon, we probably wouldn't be talking about him right now. We wouldn't be talking about Dale Jr. right now. We'd be talking about them in the past tense. And this Newman crash, and there's been Kazlowski crashes that have happened in Talladega and other super speedways where he gets in the catch fence and stuff like that. So, on, again, 19 years ago, we lost the legend, but his passing helped keep other drivers safe and introduced different protective measures. Yeah. I have witnessed multiple rollovers and stuff. The two hottest hits I have ever seen in my life was Jeff Gordon in Daytona. I want to say it was like six years ago or seven years ago. Down the back stretch, he ended up hitting an opening in the wall where like emergency vehicles come out. So there was no protective barrier there. He was out. If you watch the video from inside the vehicle, he was out. He hit so hard that the, I believe it was either the gas tank or the engine ended up in the middle of the backstretch. And he was, he was legitimately out. And then that Newman hit the other day because that wasn't a hit like on the passenger side where they have all the roll cage protection or the driver's side where all the roll cage protection was. That hit was at the top of the car on the roof there is roll cage there but it's not the same as having these six bars protecting you on the side over here it's one single bar that is meant to kind of collapse and with, with that kind of blunt force he's getting hit by a car that's going 200 miles an hour it was inc- it was incredible. incredible that he walked walked out of the hospital two, two days, days later. later exactly it, it, it it's a true testament to the the actual physical nature that these drivers put themselves through to be able to recover that quickly from that type of, you know, accident. Accident. It's incredible. Um, I will keep you guys updated every week on the NASCAR races because that is something I do every Sunday. I do uh, follow them pretty qu- closely. If there are any NASCAR fans out there, hit me up with who your favorite driver is, past, present, whatever it may be. I'd love to have conversations with you guys about this sport. And I don't care what people say. It's a sport. Hey, I'm not calling it a sport. I'm not calling it not a sport. I'm not I just saying it don't should be in, follow it. I'm not saying it should be in the Olympics, but it's a sport, okay? Okay. I, I can't drive a car that fast. Sport driving, yeah. I can't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Highlight of the weekend. Yes, Ooh. this is going to be the big... This is going to be fight of the decade. And the decade's just starting. Yes. So, Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder. Oh, my God. Two. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I cannot wait. This... <sighs> Fury was out in the last fight. In the 12th round, he got knocked out. He was out for for at least eight seconds. And then he pulled an Undertaker. Eyes woke up. He sat straight up and started fighting again. Wilder thought the match was over. Ended up being a split decision. Um, Neither guy lost, which really pissed off a lot of people because they were both undefeated coming in, but they both left undefeated. Mm -hmm. And since then, neither of them have lost. This is going to be a great blow-off match. And apparently apparently, is whatever happens after this match is a six-month clause where they could automatically go for a number three. We'll see what happens. I think, personally, as much as Fury is getting himself into better shape for this match, they're talking about how he's gotten his weight down and he's um, he's he's more prepared. I think Wilder. I think Wilder, Wilder will run match. away with this. I, I, I don't think it's a runaway. I just think... Fury's had some other obligations. Does it go that 12? Have... Oof. Man, I don't think he gets the decision. I I think I think Wilder wins by KO. Um, it's going to go 7. I was going to say 8. I was going to say 8. 
Um, I think it goes eight. Wilder wins by KO. And I think it's a technical and knockout. It's going to be a TKO. And it's going to be because Wilder's going to get, or not Wilder, Fury's going to get winded. And Wilder's endurance is going to keep him going. Okay. And he's going to take advantage of uh, a slip up by Fury and knock him with the right. And he's done. Okay. All right. I, again, I, I think the thing is, is Fury's had some other <clears throat> obligations that have kind of taken his mind off this match e. a little bit. He was with the WWE for a couple of weeks. So we'll see what happens. But essentially, that ends our sports recap. Episode went a little bit longer than usual. Yeah. These but we episodes. Had, it's well, been three weeks. Yes. These episodes aren't going to be this long. No, no, be no, quick no, no, recaps, not whatsoever. Um, because we're going to be, again, hitting you guys twice a week. Yeah. So um, we appreciate you guys out there, all the doinks listening to us. Um, shout out to my little doinks, Lexi and Julian. Appreciate you guys always listening to us, plugging us everywhere you go. Um, follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Yep, we're going to be having Network. a lot more posts now. We've kind of we discussed earlier um, what how we're going to do this, and we have a we have a system in, in place on how we're going to do these posts. Yep, um, we're going to get daily posts to you guys. Yep, we want you guys to hit us back with anything. If there's something about a team that you like, whether it's an XFL team, an MLB team, an NBA team, if you have differing opinions, uh, uh, hit us up. We want to hear all the doinks out there in all of your opinions. And we want to know matter. who your favorite NASCAR driver is. Sure. That is your question of the day. Who is your favorite NASCAR driver? Any of you NASCAR fans out there, okay? I'm not going to spoil my favorite until I start getting some feedback from some of you guys. And anybody who hits me back, either on my personal Instagram, or which on the is Dave page. the Doink, or on the... On the actual Instagram page, which is Double, Double Dunk Dunk Network, Network. Um, I will personally make sure you're aware of my past favorite driver and my present favorite driver. So we'll get into that. And maybe you can do a little bit of homework. I mean, yeah, not I'll that you know much about NASCAR. Yeah, I've not. I've never really followed a ton of NASCAR. Yeah. So again, guys, uh, appreciate you guys listening. Um, as always, follow us on our social media pages, Facebook and Instagram. Um, hit us up about anything that you guys ever want us to tackle in these uh, in these little sit downs. And if anybody ever wants to join us. Yeah. We so have another microphone. We have a mic. I am willing to hear other opinions, and we're willing to make this into a three-way, you know, talk for special a triple threat. Yes, exactly. We'll make it a triple threat. So um, I think that's all we got. I've been Dave. I've been Josh. And we've only got two words for you. Doinks out. Doinks out.